Aloha, how's it? What's good, y'all? This is the Soul Brother. It is it's about 4.30 on Monday, February the 27th, 2023. Manic Monday. Just got off work. Had to go run some errands earlier, so I thought I would slide your podcast. And so, uh, and this one's more of a retrospective, not really a... Uh, a podcast per se like I normally do, but this is just my thoughts on um, on an event that I was a part of. So so I'm helping out a friend, a family friend, and she is a publisher and she has a number of authors and different folks that um, she collaborates with. And so she pretty much um, is creating numerous literary works of the African-American kind. So um, I really love the work that she's doing. They help to kind of highlight the positions of African-Americans in this country that we call America and the different things that has and have and do. happened to us and trying to bring some awareness to to the fact that you know there is um obvious blatant african-american mistreatment that's not to say that the asian americans and other groups have uh have not received that treatment but for all intents and purposes we're focusing on african Americans at this time. And so Dr. Gladys Devane, a well-known actor and author, as well as Charles Dumas, actor, scholar, um, they got together and they did a, uh, a webinar. Now, while my involvement was was pretty much letting people in and out and muting people and trying to keep the event running nice and smooth and allowing the panel to be able to to sit down and talk. You know, a story about a number of different things, you know. I was still enlightened. Um, I'm very much into uh, the study of African-American history treatment where we are right now in the midst of this time that we're experiencing, which is very crazy, you know. I mean, everything from the pandemic and the different things that are happening, whether you name it, to race relations, social injustices like we've never seen, shootings, I mean, everything. And um, and so they sat down as two authors and they just talked about like the uh, current events and what they're both doing and where we are as a people. And I wanted to try to focus on that. If you are interested in watching the webinar, you can go to facebook.com slash Jewel Jordan PBL. That's J-E-W-E-L-L-J-O-R-D-A-N-P-B as in boy L. And it should be right there on the Facebook page. So if not, then reach out and we will definitely get you that link.
So, to be honest, I'm just going to get right into it. Um, when you start to look at history and the things that have happened, and there's a number of people that um, that just don't understand what the movement is, the Black Lives Matter movement. Because of the ignorance, sometimes you hear that all lives matter. And they do matter. But in the context of what we're talking about, black lives matter. Black lives have not been properly recognized in this country ever. It's a shame the disservice that has been done to a group of people that have been nothing but contributing that have been very peaceful, very peaceful in our stay in existence here. The uprivals that that uh, we've had have come due in part to the ignorance that is shown towards us by our lighter companions on the white side and others as well. And while Myself and others are not racist. Facts are facts. And the facts hurt. The facts are sad that it's come to this. But in the immortal words, you know, um, in the immortal words that I always share, it is what it is. That's not a disrespect on us African Americans, but we're here now in 2023. And Charles and Gladys were sitting down and discussing the different things of their era and time and things that they've seen and that they've been through. Blatant mistreatment of African-Americans. Um, the atrocities that have happened due to that, due to us just being black, we've been killed and murdered for no reason other than the color of our skin. And for people that are not black, as much as you think that you understand or you want to empathize, you'll never understand. Racial profiling is a real thing. When it comes to us African-Americans, we know it all good and well. It, you know, and the thing about it is that Many people in this country, non-African-Americans, have been able to get away with this crap for many, many years. And in an institutional sense, even today, in a commercial sense as well, it still happens. Where we don't necessarily call it racism, but there's definitely a segregation amongst us. Now, in recent in recent times, due in part to the uh, pandemic, we've had a number of of movements that have that have kind of sparked some controversy as well as some change. I'm sure that if you're watching TV and stuff, you see more more commercials now with African Americans and and billboards and different ads. There's uh, a more emphasis on trying uh, to bring more quote unquote color into the sales and marketing realms of this 
amazing economic system that we have that's called America. Hashtag being facetious. Prior to that, other selling points for us African-Americans obviously was the NBA, jerseys and athletic wear. Because predominantly most of most of uh, the athletic uh, community in America, it, it comes in part uh, due to African-Americans, obviously basketball, football. Not to throw shade on white folks or Mexicans or Asians, but there's just more African-Americans that are athletes than anything. Um, but even in the midst of that, if you take a look at that, if you look at the NBA, let's start on that, because I can speak on that very closely. I was associated with the league for a number of years, like when I was younger. The league is kind of like the minstrel show. You have a bunch of people that are up on stage in a costume, running around, acting a damn fool and putting on a good show for everyone else. And and African-Americans, while they have that privilege, they aren't necessarily allowed or in the ranks of the management in terms of that. So while we have this platform, most, if not all, we do have some black owners, obviously. Uh, there's Michael Jordan, and there's some folks that's in the Western Conference. But for the majority of it, uh, there's white owners. I'm just going to call it like it is. And it's a business. And the way that uh, you see like these athletes get shuffled around like cattle, right? We're nothing but a bunch of pawns in the game. And that game is basically bringing in boohoo bucks millions if not more in advertising jersey sales shoe sales everything you may see the face of michael jordan you know what i'm saying but but on the back end now obviously now for michael you know he's been in the game a while he has all of his endorsements but some of the not so large or big names don't necessarily get that recognition or don't necessarily have those particular setups or put-ins as uh, Michael Jordan does or a LeBron James, right? Even furthermore, when you get into even that, there's some African-Americans that even though we have the platform, we don't necessarily know how to share the platform. As it was said in the webinar, like by Charles, I mean, he's a fan of Michael Jordan because Charles is actually from the south side of Chicago. And for all of the youths in that day. Right. Even me down in Kansas. Right. The 90s was synonymous with Michael Jordan. But what has Michael Jordan really done for his people? He hasn't done a damn thing. He can go out there and sell all the Jumpman shoes and do everything else and the Jordans. And, it, and it's crazy. You'll go out there and you actually buy it. I've never owned anything Jordan in my life. Long before this point was even made by Charles, this is how I felt about Michael Jordan. An amazing basketball player. Was the GOAT. Now that's LeBron, sorry. But he doesn't give back. 
He's selfish as hell. So for that reason, I can't really like Jordan. When I look at a LeBron James and I look at the things that he's done, his foundation that he set up in Akron, the different things that he does for a lot of the youths that, you know, didn't necessarily have, like him, or didn't necessarily have, have everything, not that they wanted, but that they needed. And people like that who are using their riches to actually help others. That's who I have respect for. In my book, ever since LeBron's come into the league, we know he was a talent, but off the court, I got mad respect for the dog. Definitely do, because he's given back ever since day one. Right? He has his own business. He promotes black business. Where do you see Michael Jordan doing that? Where do you see some of these other rich African-Americans, right? So this problem of systemic racism goes deeper than just white and black, right? It goes deeper than that. It even goes black on black, right? It's one thing to struggle and make it out. And a lot of us, including me, have a story to tell. But it's another when you make it out and you've been through that hell, that hustle, that grind, and then you don't give back. That's why I'm helping out with George Run Publishing, because I'm all about the message that is being sent. I'm all about Gladys and Charles and understanding what they went through. You know, them being the pioneers to actually set the stage and give me an opportunity to actually be able to step into the realms that I'm stepping into. You know, all of the Marcus Garveys and many other people that actually stepped outside of the normal bounds of what a lot of people would associate us African-Americans with. Basketball, football, like that's all that we can do. For me, I'm a computer programmer. I doubt without the efforts of a Dr. King and Malcolm X and many others that I probably wouldn't have even been able to to be even be able to go interview or be considered for a position. Now for the simple fact that some stupid ideal that uh, that an African American isn't smart enough to actually know how to work a computer. Right? It's like because of the color of our skin. A lot of people think that we can't do a lot of things that they do. Because of of our past, people continuously think that we're supposed to be servants until the, unto them. Dismiss all the ignorance that we came over in the slave ship and that oh, we're not necessarily from here. If you see this problem, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of a little larger than just African-Americans. While I am African-American, there's a part of me that is Native American, actually Cherokee. Real talk. And even my other half was never done right. The Native Americans, regardless of what you may believe, were here long before any whites or blacks. And it's funny how, how they get moved off their land or they have land appropriated to them, way less than what is actually theirs. Same goes for African-Americans. The 40 acres in the mule, that ideal, 
and that construct, that was actually, <laughs> that was nothing but a distraction in the attempt of white folks to try to curtail, to curtail the corrections that should have been made in the social system, right? To actually make things more equal for civil rights and equal rights in this country. It's not just African-Americans as a group, but there's women. What what whites and others call minorities. I mean, where are all these terms coming from? What makes or, you know, what designates a group of people as a minority versus what is a majority? This ignorance has been going on long before this pandemic, as a lot of us know, but it's been going on well before even the ideal of slavery. There's always been this ideal that the lighter your skin is makes you the supreme race. And that's, I don't know where that came from, but that's ignorant. Many will disagree with me, depending on where you're from or your background, and you can. But the fact of the matter remains is that the color of your skin doesn't designate whether you're the majority or the minority. The racism in this country is so blatant, it's disgusting. But yet and still, for folks of color, where we fall short is basically, we allow the ideology to actually become reality, right? I mean, long is it from being able to actually be able to drink from the same water fountain? We had coloreds and we had whites. In no other country that I'm aware of have I ever seen anything like that. There's always been this segregation of groups only here in America. You know, the land of the free, home of the brave. Who's free? Who's free? You know, there's a number of us that still need an education course in understanding that we're all equal. Even me living here in Kauai, I have been faced with racism. I know I've told y'all stories of of things in the past. So when I lived in Kansas and, you know, at the grocery store and I'm waiting in line real patiently, not causing any trouble, no scene. And a white woman decides she's going to close down the line. I'm next in line. Visibly is looking at me. I wouldn't say necessarily giving me a look, but looking at me just really weird. And then opening up a line next to her. Not calling me next in line, but allowing anybody else to come through. We have a lot of tourists that come here, here to Kauai, you know. And the majority of them, you know, 
the attitude uh, uh, when they come here is that they're going to come here. They're going to crap on the land, especially in Oahu. But I've seen it even here, too. Be disrespectful to the people. And then leave. All the while, the great people here, it's a business, is what it is. We see it all the time. There's this thing about mainlanders versus tourists versus locals. And if you look at it, that's kind of like all of the racial issues and the different things that we have. We have effectively put labels on one another. Black, white, Negro or Caucasian, Hispanic, Latino, Asian. We're all humans. We're all humans. So where does all this segregation and separation come from? It comes from, honestly, to be honest, it comes from a pure lack of knowledge, pure ignorance on the part of our lighter counterparts. You can't tell me that uh, people don't know that they're ignorant. Many, many people are just blatant in their delivery of it, don't want to admit that they're just ignorant, but they feel that they can get, but they feel that they can be ignorant because they kind of have a swag about them, the swag that they're in charge. It's their world. It doesn't matter what anybody else says or thinks. That's kind of the problem in in this country is that it has been that way for so long and no one has said or stood up or did anything about it. So it's kind of like that wound. When you have a small little cut, it's best that you go ahead and take care of that cut. Like when it's small, you put on your ointment, you have a greater, faster chance of recovery versus if you just let it fester and get out of control that cut, then it turns into more of a tear now in your skin. You still don't take care of it. Infection sets in. Now you have larger problems. That, to be honest, was and is the issue in America. Nobody had the balls to deal with telling white people that their stance on how races and groups and people in, in this country their stance was incorrect. Rather, they just allowed it not to continue, which then eventually bred and incited the hatred, the violence. It's pure ignorance. And to be honest, you know, when people that say all lives matter When they say that, they obviously come from a different background. They don't understand what black lives have been through. And Asian lives. I mean, any, 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 anybody that's not white, they don't understand. But being African-American, Hispanic, Asian, we understand not only what it's like to be white, but we also understand what it's like to not be white. 
because we're on that other side where we have where we've been treated so unjustly and unfairly that it's got to the point that it's actually it's actually freaking ridiculous that we have that we can actually have a person that is Caucasian actually truly feel as though they've been discriminated against that they've been neglected shunned away it's preposterous to even think that that they can even understand begin to understand what we've been through but as a saving grace to kind of try to throw us a couple bones and put us on a couple of advertisements here or there, have more black shows now. Now all lives matter. No, all lives don't matter. They don't. They do in the grand scheme of it all. I mean, everybody matters. But that's not necessarily. Right. If all lives matter, that includes black lives, African-American lives, Asian lives, Hispanic lives. So. Why are they being mistreated if all lives matter? See, you can't have your cake and eat it too, ladies and gentlemen. That's the problem in this messed up country. And this webinar was, it wasn't necessarily eye-opening because, because I was already aware and privy to a lot of the treatment that we've been through, obviously, because I'm African-American. But what it highlighted for me was the fact that it's been going on for so damn long. Go back well before the 40s, the 20s, 1800s, well before that. And you'll always see there. It's like there's always this paradigm, whites and others. And finally, because this pandemic forced us, it forced us to actually stop. And running the rat race. We couldn't just kick it under the rug anymore. We had to deal with it. It was uh, becoming quite evident that there was something wrong. And African Americans, we've had enough. And we've been screaming for bloody ever that we've had enough. But it's fallen on deaf ears. No matter how many revivals, right, strikes or things that we do to bring awareness to it. There was always... There was always something. And this is where I have to fault us as a, as a people. Like there was always something that we would just allow, you know, others, or, or, or we would be lenient with them, right? It's like they would throw us a bone. The mistreatment, you know, the unnecessary killings, everything. And they could easily sit there and say, you know what? This was accidental. But the first white person that gets shot by African-American, he or she's on death row. Friends, there's a big, there's been a big problem. And... While there has been some change as of late for my African-American friends and family, my Hispanic and Latino, my Asian, 
the LBGTQ. It's not enough. It's not enough. We as a people that represent the United States of America should be ashamed of ourselves and how we've conducted ourselves. While we consistently think that we're the most powerful nation in the world because we have all of the big planes, the big fighter jets, the biggest bombs, we're actually not shit. (laughs) We equate material items and things, right? Those things represent the ideology of being an American. Patriotic, waving our flag around. I mean, being able to respect and stand by our Constitution. None of that means a damn thing, y'all. This basically comes down to one group of people didn't like the other because of how they looked. One was whiter, one was darker. And because of that, this began. Pure ass ignorance. Will it get better? We do have some interracial marriages and we do see a lot of race relations in some areas of the country. They are improving. But I'll tell you, being an African-American and had uh, living in the ghetto at one point in my life, the work needs to be done where white folks come down to the ghettos. They come into the black hoods. Reparations? What the hell is that? Get the hell out of here. Respect. Equality. These are things that we want. We continuously are continuously bought off or given just a little bit of funds here, a little bit of this here, a little bit of that. They're just to keep us quiet. That may work on some of the African-Americans and other folks that you call minorities. I don't understand the game, but for those of us that are intelligent, that understand You can't continue to buy people off and think that that's going to bring equality into this country. The only way that it's going to happen is if you put down your gifts, your incentives, and you actually roll up your sleeves and you do the work to actually, I don't know, respect us. Until you show us respect in all sense of the word, not just in person. But in the things that we do in Hollywood, in our day-to-day dealings and activities amongst one another, once we can get to a point where we truly, honestly become colorblind in this country, we're always going to have a a, a, a systemic racism issue here in the land of the free. Because the only people that are living free are those that are of the lighter uh, persuasion. Because if us African, because if us African Americans and others were free, then we wouldn't necessarily be held in bondage with all this social injustice and ignorance and foolishness. How many Dr. Kings is it going to take until we actually figure it out that you know we are all equal? But the longer that we have little pockets of ignorance. Swarms of KKK burning down churches and people's houses are causing a ruckus. Continuing to spread the vileness that is discrimination and prejudice. 
Don't expect African-Americans and other people to stop what we're doing. Don't think that we're just going to stop saying that Black Lives Matter overnight because you threw us a couple bones. That's not enough. It's time for you to step up. You know, that webinar, it was... It was very sad. A few of the stories that were told, and there was a lot of good stories, you know, but just the ignorance just around these senseless shootings of African Americans, the Trayvons of the world, and the Briannas. It's it's ridiculous. But what's even more is the way that, and this is what drives me insane. What drives me up the wall is how somehow, some way, white folks can find a way to actually make that senseless act try to be senseful. It's been going on for years. They've been able to use their color to get by. But the more and more people, even who are white, who are starting to understand that, wow, my own people are foul. I have a lot of white friends. And they don't just necessarily feel for us blacks because of what's happened. No, they resonate. They understand. They're like, it's wrong. And a lot of it is going to be this newer generation. This new generation that just, they don't see color. It's a beautiful thing. All the boomers and everybody else who came before us, we still got those pockets that are just going to have to, I hate to say it, they're going to have to die out. But the more that this new generation is showing this older generation, this is what it's all about. Accepting people for whatever color they are, whatever sexual orientation that they are. That's where we're heading. God made all people. He just didn't make white people or black people. God did not put any labels on where we should live or how we should be or act or conform. But God did say to love one another. And we need to do more of that. I'm not bashing white people at all. I have a lot of friends. Good friends, actually. But that doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. What's wrong is wrong. And the more that we continue to educate one another, which is what Miss Gladys and brother and brother and brother Dumas was saying, the more that we continue to educate one another, not just African American to African American, but African American to white. Right? White people want to understand why. Some don't. Most do. It is our job. I know as much as people say we don't need to do anything. No, we do. We can't fix why we're here. We're here now. But what we can do is be proactive and try to establish knowledge, intelligence, establish equality for ourselves. We need to go off and we need to grab it. That's one thing about me is 
When in doubt, work it out. I'm not going to sit and wait for someone to give me something that I can't go out there and get myself. So while, yes, we have been mistreated as a people in a very wrong way, very wrong way. What we need to be mindful of, basically, is that we do need to be the pioneers, this generation of African-Americans, to be able to put down, put down our weapons, put down our hatred. And we need to find effective ways of trying to do what we know is right. We can't necessarily fix things for others that don't understand. But what we can do is we have full control over ourselves and how we conduct ourselves as people. And we should conduct ourselves with class, continue to, grace, patience. That's a big one. With patience. Should it be like this? Hell no, it shouldn't be like this. But it is like this. And we're here right now. And until the good Lord comes back and wipes all the trash off the face of this earth, what we are left with is our own devices. So I echo in the sentiments of Gladys and Charles. We need to continue to do that good work. You know what I'm saying? We need to continue to do that good work that we're doing. That's the only way that we're going to reach the mountaintop with all this mess of race relations because we're already on the mountaintop. But we need to get a little higher with all of our brothers and sisters of all creeds because enough's enough, y'all. Enough's enough, so. But definitely, you should go uh, to jewelljordanpublishing.com and check out uh, my sister, Stefana uh, Colbert. She's doing big things. Shout out. I love you, sis. Continue to do what you're doing. Shout out to Ms. Gladys. Pleasure making your acquaintance and look definitely forward to much more. And to Mr. Charles uh, Dumas. It was a great honor. Good honor. Uh, he's in some Tyler Perry movies and um, he's doing a number of different things. You know, he's he's a living legend. He and Gladys are both living legends. They've seen it. They've seen it. They lived in it and they're here to tell the story. Now it's our job. It's our job. To take these stories that they're telling us, learn from them and continue to push forward. One love is always, y'all. This is the Soul Brother. Aloha, how's it? What's good, y'all? This is your brother from another mother. It is the Soul Brother. I just wanted to say that I appreciate your love and your support. Soul Brother is not just a blog. It's not just a podcast. It's my purpose. It's my life's mission. Getting out there, spreading the good word and being real. Always being real and staying so full in the process. So I appreciate y'all. Please spread the word, Soul Brother, S-O-U-L-B-R-A-D-D-A dot com. One love as always.